Hello guys, welcome to another episode of Chat with VR Coaches. Last week we started uh, talking about the art of coaching and the first topic that we attacked uh, was the run as a weakness or as a strength for the athletes, including triathletes, trail runners, road runners, etc. Uh, today, thanks to the presence of uh, BR head cycling coach uh, Boyan Luric, we will attack the cycling. Even though Boyan uh, doesn't need a formal introduction, we have to say that he has a huge experience being a former uh, professional cyclist for more than 10 years, from being best ever cyclist in Serbia, 19 times uh, national champion, and then top 70 on the world ranking list being very well known for many podiums here in the in the local races so welcome to the show Boyan. hi guys thank you and it's nice to be with you today here. that's great this is coach Tommaso yes coach is wrong here guys and coach Mohammed there remote so Boyan, welcome to this fourth episode of the second season of the podcast uh, as soon as we announced that uh, we would be talking about cycling with you all our athletes uh, went crazy and they started posting questions and they so we will try to answer them uh, but first we see that the cycling in UAE and uh, any type of cycling from mountain bike to gravel to road to our TT is glowing it's just uh, becoming bigger and bigger and uh, you know around the world they're looking at uh, UAE as a place to cycle right now because we have seen during the lockdown a lot of uh, professionals they came here to train because it was you know, free, and we have this, these uh, amazing facilities. Um, but, you know, about the topic of cycling, why do you think right now people are focusing on cycling? Why do you think it's, uh, it's becoming so big right now? I mean, uh, cycling is really popular worldwide, not, not only in UAE. In UAE, last couple of years, it's growing, like, really, really fast, and the community here, cycling and triathlon community is really huge. We can see that every Friday on Al-Qudra, bottom of the stick, uh, how we call it, uh, start of the Alcudra track, uh, on the parking, so many cars, the, the parking is small right now, they need to park on the side of the road, and it's growing really, really fast, and it's a big community, like I said, and uh, uh, cycling is popular, you know, all of us, we started as young ages to, this is one of the first toys that we used to have, and we all love it, and, uh, and now, you know, in the sport, it's really, really nice sport because it's giving you that part of the freedom. This is how I see the cycling. That's why I like cycling. It's giving you that part of the freedom. You just sit on your bike and you go wherever you, you want. You explore your surroundings, wherever you live. And it's good thing here in UAE because the weather is so nice. Okay, we have really hot summer, but uh, all over the year, the weather is nice and we can ride all the time, almost, uh, 12 months in the year outdoor okay we need to wake up really early <laughs> it's getting hot during the summer but uh, it's not like uh, uh, Europe or uh, North America where it's really really cold you have snow you have cold wind and uh, you know few months you need to stick to the indoor cycling but here like I said almost 12, 12 months uh, in the year we can be outdoor and, and ride that's yeah. why I think that's why it's getting. Uh, I mean, it's already popular, but it's getting really, really popular. Yeah, it's very interesting that uh, to see the 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 booming of the the cycling here. I think uh, 
I think also the popularity of the sport, seeing that uh, the leaders of the country, they, they, they also like uh, cycling, Sheikh Mohammed, and uh, so many others starting to, to, to see the potential of uh, creating new cycling tracks. And, and now I think it was announced that uh, Dubai wants to become a, a cycling friendly uh, uh, city trying to help people to commute from place to place cycling, which is uh, something completely... When you live in Dubai, you see how hard it is even to walk uh, sometimes through the road, so cycling is going to be a big change for the city. And uh, I want to see if um, Coach Boyan, as he he mentioned that kids, you know, you always start to cycling and you, that's your first uh, uh, gift and everybody has this thing of do you know how to cycle? Do you, you know, when you are young, uh, like a kid. So when you grow, people kind of forget that thing. And then at some point now, it's coming back. And you see people sometimes really now struggling with the, the, the coming back to cycle. Because they have that image they were kids and now they, they try to cycle again and they struggle. So how do you see as a coach this uh, process of learning to cycle yeah. and then change the gears. Um, do you see that people struggle a lot or it's very natural? Or they think yeah. they know and they don't know? Yeah, because there are also many people that are starting to cycle here in, in, uh, in the yes. It's so easy to go for a ride. That, you know, I've met so many people like before, you know, they were not even riding, you know, so mm. they bought the first bike here. Maybe in Europe they wouldn't start yeah. because yeah. there's no place to ride yeah. properly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, it's uh, it's simple, like everything you do in your life. More you're doing it, it will get uh, yeah, <laughs> easier and easier. But if you're really, really struggling, there is a lot of uh, cycling now teams, cycling uh, 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 clubs here in Dubai and coaches. And if you need the help, you can easily find the help to, to, to help you. These guys can help you with uh, these uh, technical parts of the cycling like how to sit properly on the bike, how to pedal properly, and how to change the gears, brake, and everything else. And this is really, really important. We need to learn. Uh, we need to learn how to, because uh, here in UAE, we are, we are happy because we have closed tracks for cycling. But if one day, uh, if you need to go on the street, we need to follow some, some basic rules of the, of the traffic, you know. We need to keep the right side, Okay, left side if you're Australia, UK, yeah. and some countries, but uh, you need to follow some rules. You need to ride in the straight line, and we can see here, especially on Maidan, because Maidan is really Maidan track. It's really close to uh, downtown and close to so many communities, and a lot of beginners going there. And we can see there a lot of beginners struggling with those basic things. You know, they're riding zigzag. Some of them even riding wrong way. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you can see a lot of crashes and accidents happening. And it's really, really important at the beginning you start to, to learn how to properly ride. Uh, ride in the straight line, of course, don't ride zigzag. Always make sure if someone is coming uh, behind you, you know, move on the right side. Uh, proper changing gears, of course, it will help you to, to enjoy your ride. And it's really, like I said, really, really important to learn those things if you're struggling then uh, like i said there is a lot of teams now clubs uh, coaching companies and uh, they can help you to to improve and then you can enjoy 
your cycling even more. Including the air. Yeah, yes. of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Mohammed, how is it in Saudi? Because that's uh, a new reality that is, uh, that is growing big, eh? especially also with your work with BR in, uh, in Jeddah. And uh, yeah. yeah, we see the cycling that is, uh, is becoming big. We have so many athletes now approaching and uh, smashing it in the... Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really growing uh, community. Uh, the cyclists uh, are, you know, it's, uh, it's grown a lot in the past five years. Uh, the Saudi Federation has taken notice, the Saudi Cycling Federation. Um, unfortunately, there, there are no cycling tracks like there are in Dubai. And uh, that's, uh, that's, I, I think that's why it's grown uh, so big in Dubai because it's safe. Unfortunately, here it's, uh, it's very actually dangerous to, to ride a bike on the street, uh, but that's not stopping people from, from cycling and uh, they've got safety cars behind them and uh, uh, they're really organized and they're really trying to, uh, to be safe and go to places that are outside of the city. Um, but, uh, but it's definitely growing. And do you see any movement from the government uh, to build tracks? Or yes, absolutely. The, well, they're starting in, uh, in Riyadh, uh, the capital. Uh, that's not where I live. I live in Jeddah. Uh, Riyadh, they're doing uh, uh, something like 120 kilometers of cycling tracks in uh, this new park. Where is the park? Where is going to be the park? Uh, it's going to be uh, at a location where the old airport used to be. Mm. Okay. Big. Nice. Very good. Space. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Very good. space. Good, good. Sounds good. Let's take 30 seconds break and we come back to this uh, topic about beginners and uh, technique. Okay. See you in 30 seconds. In order to take you to the next level, we have to know two basic metrics, which is where you are now, your base level, and where you are going, your final goal. For this reason, we create a system called BR Stages. The BR Stages consist in four levels. Number one, fundamentals. Number two, skills. Number three, performance. And finally, specialization. Back uh, with Chadwick BR Coaches, uh, the topic that uh, Joao brought back is, is very very important because cycling in the end is not it's not complicated you know in Italy we say once you learn to cycle you never forget but are we sure that we learn to cycle in the proper way are we sure that our technique is, is correct how important is technique for cycling we're not talking about leisure you know going for a, you know a ride with the family we're talking about you know an athlete that is uh, a beginner but still you know he wants to improve to become a performer how important is technique for, for, for cycling? Uh, I mean, it's really, really important uh, because there is something like uh, cycling efficiency, especially if you're an athlete, like you have probably you heard, a lot of people heard about running efficiency. There is also cycling efficiency. If your cadence is optimal, uh, how you pedaling, how you sitting on the bike and all those things are really, really important, especially if you're an athlete. Uh, doesn't matter if you are doing only cycling on the triathlon. I think in triathlon it's even more important because you're uh, on your own there doing, I don't know, if you're doing half Ironman, you need to do 90 kilometers and you need to be steady, sitting properly on the bike and killing those 90 kilometers. And uh, it's really, really important. Now these days you can see uh, big improvement 
coming from the bike companies, a lot of uh, new frames, aero frames and uh, everything else they're doing. They're doing everything to, to build the bikes uh, like super aero, super fast, uh, carbon frames, really light and then it's really important for the people to, if it's possible for them to do some bike fitting for the beginning is that very good. Uh, you find your proper position on the bike, you find the position where you're pushing a lot of watts. Uh, it's not only about aerodynamic, you can be a lo uh, really good at aerodynamic, but your that position, it's not uh, efficient from the power, if you're looking at the power, then you need to find that balance between very good aerodynamic, but you're also comfortable in that position to push as many watts as you can. And then for everybody who have a chance to do a bike fitting, that's the first thing, uh, to find your sitting, proper sitting position on the bike, to find uh, how you pedaling, uh, breathing also on the bike and uh, everything else. It's really, really important. You brought a, then I think Joao has a question, but you brought a, a really nice topic, which is, you know, people that smash with power but maybe they are not as efficient. So, you know, sometimes there is this misunderstanding in athletes where they are like, oh man, I was pushing so much power, but then you're not a good cyclist because you cannot corner, you cannot pedal properly. And so you're wasting a lot of energy in there. So this one we, we see every day, especially with triathlon. Uh, what is the, uh, I mean, for triathletes, uh, what does it change for the cycling? You know, we were talking about a little bit uh, triathletes and pure yeah, cycling. this is very, um I was gonna ask you one answer, but I always see that, and it takes time for us to understand, I think in all sports, uh, the power production, the way you produce that certain speed, you know, because at the beginning, if you are a strong, uh, a strong person, you, if you've been doing sports a lot, you think that the harder you do, the better is gonna come out, the result. And then at some point, you cannot do harder, so you start to, to try to look into something that Boyan uh, mentioned now, that the cycling efficiency. And I think that's how you produce power. Um, how you, like when he mentioned, like what is your optimal cadence? How you produce certain speed? Because if you talk about triathletes, uh, we spoke about some, uh, something related to running last time, that if you produce power in a more strength way, like low gear or heavy cadence, low cadence, heavy gear, you're most probably going to have a lot of problem to run off the bike. So I think this is, because the bike, when you sit on the bike, uh, it's very easy to think that if you push hard, if you pedal very strong, you're most probably going to move fast. And then, yes, but there is a consequence. And I think that's what Boyan can bring to us probably one night stand one race you can do the same power with different uh, you know, ways mm. but when you go to triathlon there is a way to be much more efficient where you know you, you could pay the cost is that, yeah. is that like this in, uh, in, in cycling yeah but uh, you know uh, most of the people they're asking about the cadence what what is uh, best cadence I think uh, uh, there is no best cadence optimal cadence optimal we can say optimal, should be between 80 and 95. If you're pedaling more than 95 RPM, 
then you're pedaling in too easy gear and then you're pedaling too fast but if you're pedaling also too slow regardless the wind uh, yeah regardless the wind like okay. optimal cadence for everybody is different but should stay like uh, range, what I saw in last 20 years from myself and from my clients yeah. uh, it's between 80 and 95 if you go below 80 like you said now you're pushing too heavy gear you're burning your muscles mm -hmm. and then especially in triathlon you can kill your legs and then you will not be uh, as fresh yeah. as possible for for running after that cycling and I found out that 80 to 95 RPM is like optimal cadence and then it's uh, depends from person to person mm -hmm. like everything else you know I, I like to push a little bit heavier gear and most of the time uh, I'm doing around 80 RPM but I have some clients that are easily doing good power like high power at 95 cadence and it depends on the person you My know dream. Yeah. yeah, and uh, mechanics completely different from mm, individual yeah. to individual. Yeah. What do you think? Because you know, when people bike when you are a kid, you have that normal bike that is the pedal. You have your running shoes. You have your shoes, and then you sit on the bike and you push and you wait the pedal to come back up, and then you ride the bike. You have no idea of the pulling movement of the the bike, so then. The guy buy a very expensive bike, best cleats, best bike shoes, everything is light. And he's still only doing the pushing. He just bring the pedal down and he doesn't do any effort to bring the pedal up. Do you see a lot of this? Do you think that um, people understand why they have to do both? How do you see this? Because I'm sure you coach a lot of people and uh, this is an important way of produce power mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, it's really important and that's why we're having those shoes because you're attached with your bike and you're able to do 360 degrees full pedaling, you know, pushing and pulling phase. And also, if you see some some hole or something on the road, you can easily jump with your bike mm -hmm. and uh, uh, escape that uh, what you will see on the road. Uh, and that's why we're having those shoes. And most important is for producing more power of course pushing and pulling but uh, most of the people beginners and I saw some people who are not beginners they're cycling for a few years their pedaling technique is really really bad uh, I'm seeing that almost every day in our indoor studio and this is the good thing uh, uh, on indoor trainer you can really really find is it your pedaling technique correctly or no uh, especially here in our studio where we are doing a power-based workouts and the system is giving you power you just need to keep pedaling and a lot of times you can hear from some people the noise coming from the bike like tuk, tuk, tuk. that means that means they have that small gap and that small gap is usually happening at the lower phase of the crank of the pedal when they're going from pushing to pulling that area that degree mm -hmm. it's uh, it's uh, let's say bad mm -hmm. uh, they, they don't have that 360 degrees like I said they have less <laughs> of course yeah. and uh, there is a workout that I used to do when I started 20 years ago cycling on you indoor don't need to say your age don't worry yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, of course I'm not that old I'm not that old <laughs> and uh, uh, there is uh, one workout that you everybody can can do it at home if you have an indoor trainer you remove one leg from the pedal 
uh, you put a chair next to the bike, you put that leg on the chair and you're pedaling with the opposite leg. Actually, you're, this is single leg pedaling and this is how, wow. uh, how you can see if you are pedaling like correctly, 360 mm -hmm. degrees or no, and then you change, of course. And the chair is a good, uh, yeah, good yeah, trick, yeah, huh? Yeah, because yeah, I always struggle uh, where I'm going to put yeah. my other leg. And, <laughs> now uh, I know. And, yeah, and, uh, it's a balance workout. Yeah. Uh, this, this kind of, this is skills workout, let's yes. say. You know, skills. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, you have a lot of things in cycling. It's not only about you go outside and cycle. Imagine football players, they go out on the field and they just kick the ball, you know. They have speed training, they have strength training, they have technique training, they have tactic training, they have a lot. And cyclic as well, you have a lot of, a lot of uh, things that uh, uh, are making the, the, the cycling, especially if you're an athlete. And this workout that I gave you now, it's really good. If you have indoor trainer, you can practice. If you feel you have that gap, maybe uh, sometimes your uh, uh, fitting on the bike is not good, biomechanic. You know, yeah. you're not sitting properly on the bike and you cannot do that 360 degree yeah. pedaling. Maybe you need to change uh, something in your, uh, in your position, the bike. But most of the time, people just need to learn how to push and pull. You mm -hmm. have both phases in, in, in pedaling and that's really important. And on that way, uh, when, you, when you practice that, you can produce, of course, more power. And uh, also there is one more uh, skill uh, training. This is high cadence drills uh, that I'm giving to my beginner clients. And uh, they think it's a sprint, but it's not actually sprint. Or mostly flat road or slightly downhill road. You put like small, small gear. It's really, really light. And you're just pedaling as fast as you can for 30 seconds. Why do you seconds. think it's a sprint? Uh, because they see high cadence and they most of them at the beginning they put a big gear and they try to fast as fast they can for 30 seconds or 20 seconds as fast as they can but on the big gear but the goal is opposite you are in the small gear and you're pedaling as fast as you can and the goal is you need to do those 360 degrees pedaling really really good and you don't want to jump on the saddle you don't want to move your upper body you need to fix uh, your hips your 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 uh, glutes sit really really tight on the saddle uh, be steady in the upper body and only legs are working really really fast at the beginning try to go around 120 rpm to be steady and later when you improve your technique then go go faster I remember back in the days when I used to do I managed to go almost 200 rpm for like uh, 10 15 seconds wow. like really fast you can see you can see that from the track cyclists ah. they're really really fast you know they have one gear they uh, if you if you saw before uh, track cycling how they start they start really really slow on the big gear and then the goal is especially if it's short distance sprinting to speed up as much as they can and like phases in running you know you have uh, phases like start acceleration mm. and uh, holding that speed yeah. and then they're they're able to hold that high cadence for a long time and that's really important and like we're coming now to beginning of your question that's why it's important to do if you can uh, uh, all disciplines of cycling it's really really well known that mountain bikers they have really really good technique of pedaling why because 
uh, we are we used to pedal. I mean, I'm still pedaling. I'm, I was a professional mountain biker. Uh, on uneven terrain, you have a lot of holes up and down all the time, mm. and there you really practice how to pedal. Right. You know, the terrain the terrain is changing, the momentum is changing, like you said, and uh, you're going uh, in one meter slightly uphill, then downhill. You know, and you need that proper technique, and you will learn a really, really good pedaling technique on mountain bike. So you recommend the to people that they add once a week if you're yeah, starting? Yeah, yeah. if they, if they like have that. a Monty bike or uh, if they can uh, borrow a Monty bike or they they, uh, they can rent a Monty bike here on Hatta, I think now even uh, on Alcudra, mm -hmm. at the beginning they can start riding around the lakes on Alcudra, later they can go on Hatta, it's really, really, really good Monty biking because you will learn good pedaling technique you will learn how to change the gears properly because the terrain is changing all the time you're going up and you're going down and uh, you know your cadence like i said should be optimal all the time 80 to 95 doesn't matter if you're going up here or down here and you need to change the gears all the time also uh, you you will practice that uh, downhill sections you know which which can be really extreme and hard and you can relax more on the bike when you when you well, what about, sorry, what about the climbing um, and standing on the bike? What, what do you think? I, I know it's it varies because uh, the the slope can be uh, a little bit higher, and uh, but what do you recommend the cadence should be, or or any like uh, any advice that you can give for somebody who wants to climb Jabal Jays? Uh, climbing, yeah, I forgot that thing I, I wanted to mention. Also, like people uh, have bad technique of, uh, I mean, they don't have this 360 degrees of pedaling, you know, pushing, pulling. I see here in our studio and also outdoor, if I go to ride uh, around Hata, Shoka and Jebel Jays, they doesn't know how to pedal while they are standing. They need to relax also upper body and they need to also push and pull the pedals. And most of the time you can see they're struggling. There is a lot of that gap, like I explained uh, for a pedaling technique. There is a lot of gap, you know. They, uh, but this, uh, as I realized on here you know, on indoor, it's happening on the upper phase of the pedaling from going from pulling to pushing they have like big gap you can do here in the studio yeah. easily you can uh, hear that tuk, you know and you can see from their legs they're not moving evenly you know they're not moving smoothly it's just boom 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 like uh, there is no <laughs> there is no smoothness be hurting and, you. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and they just need to relax the hips and upper body and to feel you know the pedal all the way 360 degrees and about the cadence depends of the like you said Mohan, depends of the gradient of the climb Jebel Jace is not that tough it's around five percent uh, I think uh, average I mean for us it's not uh, not hard but <laughs> for some people yeah. it's uh, hard and uh, uh, your cadence will be lower than on the flat that's of course because the gradient is harder but you want to change this is this is the question that I'm getting most of the time I coach how should they pedal uphill? Like uh, like you're driving the car, you know. Okay, most of the cars here in UAE are automatic, but back home in Europe we have manual. And also, like you're driving in the flat on the flat, like four fifth gear. 
but if you start climbing you need to change easier gear third maybe even second you know when the climb is uh, starting to be really really steep also on the bike you're changing the gears until you find proper cadence for you what is again optimal for you and to keep that power if the coach gave you some power to hold and that's the goal changing gears and finding the proper gear for you and finding the proper cadence uh, uh, what's optimal for you like i said it's different for everybody yes, but on the climb of course it will go below 80 especially if the climb is uh, really really steep yeah. i li really like the single leg uh, workout you know <laughs> it's yeah. uh, it's one of those workouts where the athlete recognize right away what you were saying yeah. you know like how oh, yeah this is a defect now how to fix it yeah you need to focus really on uh, on your form and your uh, technique to make it this this thing round and uh, yeah because you have the dominant leg and then yeah, the other leg that is just kind of following, but that that difference of power shouldn't be that huge gap. Yeah, like yeah. we have now the, the the ability on training peaks to to analyze which leg mm -hmm. which, with the power meter, right? Yeah. Which one is pushing more? Is giving more power? So sometimes you time to time you get a client that has that huge gap of sixty percent or and then 40%, so that's a big problem there because it might lead to an injury or yeah. he's wasting a lot of energy and in one of the legs. If he's a triathlete, then he is, is creating an asymmetry and then yeah. when he's go run, goes running, maybe have a, another problem. It can be from the hip, yes. so we have to analyze that. And I think what uh, Coach Boyne has mentioned is exactly, so what, I, what I'm learning here is that um, when you talk about cycling, um, you have a lot of skills that people should learn before they start to think that they can join groups, cycling fast, racing, and then being big pelotons, you know, because it's really dangerous and we can talk about this later. But so now we see that there is a process of someone that wants to start to cycling from bike fitting to skills to learn how to produce power, to learn how to use the gears, and then you can say, okay, now I will join this group of 20 people, and and then I will learn how to ride in the group. Then, after, you're gonna learn how to actually race and stuff, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, it's a step by step. Okay, let's take 30 seconds break. When we come back, I think uh, Coach Mohamed has a question for uh, Coach Boya when a person is stressed and they're trying to work on healthier habits and that's what happens to most of us is we try to work on healthier habits but we have certain internal stressors that prevent us from developing those good habits so we start we get stressed and then we stop so my job is to intervene right at the point where they start and where they stop so they can continue. So I'm giving them the power and the tools to continue to build these healthy habits long term. We are back with Chad with our coaches. Uh, we spoke about technique. We spoke about the really good topics about uh, you know beginners and development of, uh, of cyclists, which is not just uh, going for a ride in a peloton, but mm -hmm. it's building skills and uh, getting step by step to to the point that we. You know, we, are, we can recognize, okay, we can step to the next level, okay? Uh, but I think uh, Coach Mohamed has a, has a question for, for Boyan now. Yeah, I, I just want to uh, say uh, thanks, Coach Boyan, uh, 
for your knowledge. Uh, I, I think you have a lot to offer um, us coaches and athletes. Uh, and uh, my, uh, the question is, um, so a lot of athletes are, are wondering, like, what are the most common cycling injuries? And um, how do you see us uh, as coaches and athletes uh, preventing uh, people from getting injured from cycling? Uh, yeah, this is a good question. Thank you, first, for your nice words. <laughs> uh, we are happy in cycling that, uh, that there is not too many like, injuries that you can get actually from cycling, like you know, in other sports. But uh, one of the most common injuries is uh, uh, if you crash, of course. Most of the time when you crash, you go over the handlebar and you're, you know, you will fall down on either left or right side. And most of the time, that's shoulder. And then when you hit, uh, you know, the road, tarmac especially, if you're riding a road bike, you will break your collarbone. And uh, that's one of the most common injuries uh, these days in the cycling, but this is when you crash. And uh, other thing, it's like uh, it's not from crashing, but uh, most of the beginners and some people uh, they can feel uh, lower back uh, problem, lower back pain, uh, maybe upper back in the shoulders. But the, uh, now we are coming to the point where. Uh, Strength training is really important for endurance athletes, cyclists and triathletes. Uh, because, you know, during the cycling, okay, you are improving your lower body. You're building your muscle endurance in the legs, you're improving your cardiovascular endurance, which is heart and lungs, but also you need to work on your upper body. Uh, more, your upper body is stronger, you can also produce more power on the bike. A lot of researchers are saying that uh, uh, strength training in the gym two to three times per week for endurance athletes is improving uh, cycling uh, performance and also running performance, even more for runners than the cyclists. And that's why uh, you need to do, like I said, two to three times some strength training, uh, uh, a lot of core exercises, because everything is coming from the core. Core is everything, you know, our uh, mid part of the body, uh, everything below the rib cage and uh, down to the glutes, uh, front area, uh, like abs, deep, deep muscles uh, in your stomach, then also your lower back, there is a few important muscles and glutes also. And if you're doing now, depends of the discipline you're doing uh, in the cycling, Let's say Monty bikers. Uh, I used to do a lot of exercises for shoulders, upper back, arms, because you know you have a lot of these extreme downhill sessions, sections, where you know you are going downhill. Sometimes if you're doing marathon races, you know we climb up to the mountain like more than 30 minutes, but also then we need to go down. But that's long. It's not only two, three minutes. It's like sometimes 20 minutes going down and a lot of bumps, a lot of rocks, a lot of roots uh, and everything, and you need to have a stronger upper body. And also for triathletes and road cyclists, core is really important. Uh, it will help you not to have that uh, lower back pain or injury prevention. Injury prevention is the big thing in the, in the sport and for athletes because, you know, if you're doing some 
really important exercises that you cannot do on your sport. You cannot do it during the cycling. You cannot yeah. do it during the running. Uh, you need to improve some small muscle groups uh, to strengthen that small muscle groups that are really important for injury prevention. And if your body is stronger, you, you can just last longer, you know, you can last longer on the race, your career can be longer, and, uh, and uh, that's why the strength training is yeah. super, super important. Uh, then you want to go into this, because then the, the misconception of gym and then strength training because it's everything you, the more you learn the more you go into the de details of everything not only sports in your life the more you're gonna figure out that there are some difference between uh, uh, a normal gym workout uh, uh, sports workout um, uh, a yoga workout or a functional training workout, in this case, what we do at uh, BR. So, I want to ask uh, uh, Boyan that knowing his background, which is years of experience, what he saw the change between the strength training from when he started, and then now the new uh, methodologies of functional training for sports, and being applied to cycling. How did you see that the transformation of the strength while before maybe it was uh, more like a gym workout and then moving into um, maybe heavyweights or I don't know, did you see a change or it, how did you see that? Yeah, I, I saw really, really big change. I can say the, that uh, strength training in the gym uh, just bring myself like five steps up, you know, in, in, uh, in my performance. Uh, I, as a kid, I was really, really skinny. I was always the smallest in my in my school, the skinniest. Uh, you know, that's that's my genetics. And when I started the cycling, I, I was of course the same. You know, and then uh, I started reading books about training. Uh, when I started cycling, we didn't have many coaches. Mm. Actually, we didn't have any coach. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we, we had few people who who did some. You know. Uh, not certifications, but did some coaching summits, you know, and they they, 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 they got some What's experience, you know. Uh, I actually, now these days will be exactly 20 years when mm -hmm. I joined my first club. Like 2001, I joined my first mountain bike club back home in my home city. Then I started riding that year, 2001, just like some hobby class, you know, like uh, recreational people. Then uh, 2002, uh, I was a junior, second year of junior, I was 18 years old, uh, and I started to be good. And then I think uh, uh, that winter we got a book that probably everybody knows from Joy Friel, mm. uh, the, one of the first books of Joy Friel, I think the first one, Monty Bike Bible. Uh, and uh, I didn't know five words of English, you know, and the book was in English, of course, you know. We, we used to learn uh, uh, Russian in our school. And uh, I asked my team manager, actually, he was the boss of that club that I joined, and he was like a coach, you know, and he was telling us some things that he learned of those uh, uh, summits, coaching summits. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, can you give me the book? And I will you know, start to read uh, and try to <laughs> translate. And then on the table, I was on one side, there was a Matibai Bible, on the other side was uh, uh, dictionary, you know, in English <laughs> to Serbian, and everybody was, uh, you know, laughing at me, like, uh, yeah. ah, Boyan, they, they call me Boyan Bible, 
at that time. It was uh, really yes. funny. But then, after one year, I started winning every race. Every race in 2000. Uh, uh, yeah, I said I was June in 2002. And that winter, 2002 to three, we got the book. I started reading. And I moved to, to higher uh, category, uh, under 23 uh, seniors, uh, below 23 years old. And uh, first half of the season, I was still struggling to find the form. And uh, that year, uh, that winter, I already started, I think, strength training. Mm. But big improvement I saw the year after, 2004, where I won all the races in Serbia. And uh, I got some muscle mass, but I became really, really, really strong. Mm. Like I told you, I won all the races, mountain bike races in my country. I all won, the races? Yeah, I won, I won a <laughs> Balkan championship, which is like, it was uh, huge for us. Balkan is a southeast area of Europe, around seven, eight countries like Greece, Romania, Bulgaria. Uh, if you don't know geography, but... <laughs> And uh, I w that was that was that was uh, that was uh, for the people who are not from Europe, maybe don't, don't know. And but was it the book? Was it the book, or was it your friends, you know, uh, picking on you, telling you, uh, uh, you know, boy and the Bible, or was it the book? Which one triggered you more? You like to push more, or yeah. to train? What? Yeah. What? What made you just like explode? Oh, when I when I settled, you know, when I joined the club, 2001, uh, I was you know uh, reading those magazines, Monty Bike magazines, because I was that days I was riding only Monty Bike. You know, I was uh, I was imagining, you know, I'm racing one day on World Cup level, on World Tour level, and uh, uh, like I told you, I was. All, all my life I was in the sport, but uh, I never pushed myself too much. And then I found in cycling some passion, big passion. And immediately in 2002, when I moved to junior category, I said, I want to be champion. And uh, this is the big thing for everybody. You know, you need to, first you need to dream, then you need to set the goals, but the right goals, you know, step by step. You know, I set the goals, okay, I want to win one race. You know. When I won first race, then I was like, okay, I want to win national championship. When I won national championship, then that year I was really, really close to podium of Balkan championship race, really, really close. Then I said, oh man, I can do this, you know, I'm really, really close. Let's prepare for the next year. And that winter, 2003 to 2004, I didn't skip any gym session. I was training two to three times in the gym. But by yourself or for coach? By myself. I was reading at that time. I was just getting all the informations from Anti Bike Bible from Joy Freer. All the information. Awesome. All information. Yeah, just awesome. to just to okay? yeah, crazy. remember, just to remind you that I didn't know the English. I was translating from the dictionary, you know, and trying to translate, you know, the whole book. The whole book is three hundred something pages. I forgot how many now. But, you know, I was reading there, you have the sections about physiology of training, about technique of multibiting. I find it difficult reading it in English. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you have everything about nutrition, you, you have everything how to uh, uh, do a periodization of the season, how many hours you need to write per year, how many hours you need to write per week. And I, I also need to tell you that I was working full eight, nine hours that time. I had the job, I finished high school, I didn't start university that time, and I was working and training, and I remember 
sorry, I'm going uh, really no, wide now, but uh, well, I think enjoy. it's a good story, you know, for people to understand what what you need for this sport. This sport, it's not easy, and uh, 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 you know, I was reading everything from that book. I got all the informations, and uh, when I started the gym, you know, I saw a lot of improvement. Mm -hmm. uh, my body was changing, of course. I got some muscle mass, but as I told you, I was super, super skinny while I was a kid, you know. Everybody, when they look me in the gym now, they're like, oh, coach, I want to have your quads. I have to have, I want to have your calves, you know. I have strong legs, but all that happened from the gym, okay. The cycling and triathlon, they are not bodybuilding, you know. Not everybody wants to, but at that time, I gained just a little bit, like two, three kilograms of muscle mass, but that muscle mass helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. Helped me really, really a lot. I had a really strong body, and I was able to push much more power on the bike, and I was more stronger for the mountain bike, as I told you already, which is important for downhill sections, you know, your upper body needs to be strong because uh, the races in mountain bike are between 90 minutes and uh, 120 minutes, between one and a half hour to two hours. You're all the time riding over the rocks, off road, up and down, up and down, and your body needs to be super strong. Like these days also, if you're a triathlete, especially you're doing long distance, you're doing half uh, Ironman or full Ironman, your body needs to be strong because Example, you're doing full Ironman. You need to sit in that position, time tunnel bike for how much? Four hours if it's yeah. flat course, 180 kilometers? Yeah, depends, depends. Okay, okay, for, for okay. We're talking no, here to help no the beginners. Okay, for the beginners, <laughs> five plus hours. You need to sit in that position, five plus hours. Your upper body needs to be perfectly strong. You need to be flexible to sit in that position. Yes. It's not only strength, you also have flexibility. You mentioned a few minutes ago yoga. Yoga is amazing for endurance athletes. Mobility uh, sessions, recovery, you know. Uh, you know, overall, what you're talking now, I can say a few things like, you know, you see a lot of coaches posting now, you know, on Instagram these days, Twitter, you know, like uh, overrated things, underrated. Uh, you know, uh, right now, from my experience, yeah, you know, her, you, you heard me now, I started in 2001. Before that, I was riding for myself, you know, enjoying uh, recreational cycling two years before I joined the club, 2001. But from my experience, overrated these days, you know, super light bikes, ceramic speed, uh, you know, the pulleys for the back derailleur, and uh, underrated uh, structure plan of training and uh, recovery. Uh, most of the people are not giving enough time for recover and they're not giving time for recovery methods. I'm pushing my clients all the time, don't forget recovery. It's not only about the training. Uh, recovery methods are also part of the training, not only pushing hard. Uh, if you recover faster, you're able to repeat the hard session sooner, and that's the goal. And uh, that's why people need to do more recovery methods like stretching after the workout, 10 minutes, mobility, yoga, uh, massage one or two times in one week or two weeks or something like that. And, uh, Wow, what a journey. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Thank you okay, for that was, uh, that was like <laughs> Thank you for quick and short, but there is uh, yeah. a lot more stories. But uh, I hope the people will uh, understand all of this, what I said. Are you going to uh, finish? Yes. Are we, no? Yeah. Okay.
Okay, so you're gonna have to come back next time. You need to talk to him more. Okay, let's take 30 seconds break, then we come back for, for the conclusion of this uh, episode. Welcome back to chat with beer coaches, guys. Uh, wow, what a journey! Eh? Yours has been <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I think Joao has a question for our boy. Yeah. Well, I'm very glad that we could get to know more and more of uh, uh, Coach Boyan. I think everybody. Uh, it's very it's very nice to see because he's a guy that you know he doesn't need to talk too much. He respects uh, people and he understand that uh, the community around is just starting, and he uh, he's observing the the movement of cycling and respecting the space of everybody. But you can see how much he he knows about. And I think uh, one uh, important thing for me, uh, it's, as I know, as a coach of BR, like, from uh, many years, we always get some, uh, sometimes some um, feedback from clients, we always have some questions, and I think as a coach, what I learned is, it's a both ways. So the process of coaching, it's as important for me as it is for my clients. How much my, my athlete wants it's the same level that I want, right? So if I, my client does not update the training peaks, does not provide feedback on training peaks, does not commit with the training, the commitment of the coach is gonna be probably similar because it's a kind of investment, right? So I think on the cycling, because uh, training peaks was uh, built for cyclists and then it moved to other sports. Um, what? What do you see as clients they understand of the data that they do on training peaks and how they 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 request from you because there is, there are many numbers there and, and some factors that they they are more important than others so do you see that people understand that data and how to use or do you think they either focus too much on the numbers and forget to enjoy or how do you see that as a coach um, it's really simple. I mean, all of them, they want to see, you know, power is decreasing and they want to see those, you know, okay, in this workout, you have all time best or yeah. this year best, five minutes power, 10 minutes FTP, new personal best. And you know, they're, they're focused on that. So <laughs> that. But uh, uh, like you said, it's both ways. Then uh, I, every time when I have a consultation with a potential client, I told them like, I need your feedback. This is, uh, this is actually coaching. You know, we are not uh, just giving training plans and you go training by yourself. Uh, because, you know, when you are only buying training plans, you are by yourself. And if it's something happened in the middle of your block of training that you, that you bought, you know, you you're again stuck like you was before without training plan because you don't know where to continue and it's, it's really hard you know if you miss some sessions okay where to start now mm -hmm. but here where you have a coach you know it's just uh, simple you send a message okay coach i didn't feel good i didn't ride for three days then the coach will analyze again okay how much 
have been sick, okay, is it like big flu, you was in the bed, uh, okay, let's do two, three days easy again and then continue uh, where we started, you know, where we stopped actually. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, that coaching, it's really, really important. And then you have some people who are really, really interested, uh, as you can see from my story, from young ages, I was really into that, you know, reading books and this is how I actually became a coach. And then I have some clients who are really, really interested in all those numbers you can see on training peaks. They're checking all the time. They're writing long feedbacks, long follow-ups, you know. Uh, like, okay, coach, I did all four intervals. I was feeling on the first one like this, second, third, fourth, everything. And then you have some, some like you said, they're not uh, writing anything, you know. You, we are not getting feedback from them. But at the beginning, I, I explained them like it's really important. Only two to three times per week, you give me a feedback. Like when you have really, really important sessions, some interval sessions, it's really important for me to know how did you feel? Okay, yes. I gave you example five intervals. You did all five. How did you feel? For me, it's not enough to see, okay, you pushed all five in the zone that I gave you. You pushed everything. How did you feel? Yes. It was on your limit or you could push a little bit more. Mm -hmm. uh, did you struggle or it was okay? Mm -hmm. An example, some people, you know, again, let's say five intervals, they do four, but they didn't do fifth one. But I don't know, there is no feedback, you know. And then we need to know as the coaches what happened on those sessions. Did you, do, for the client, you didn't sleep good, mm. uh, you were tired, uh, too much fatigue from the previous days of the workout, you know, from the training. Uh, or it's only, you know, you didn't have time, you skip one, you know, you cut, you cut the, you cut the, uh, you know, that last interval and uh, you finish the workout. Yeah. Those feedbacks are really, really important because then we know if we need to reduce the, 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 the workouts that we plan for the next week and week after. And people need to understand that all the workouts are in some order. And you see, to design the program, they need to realize, you know, this is a structured plan. Uh, when you come here, and BR, we do uh, fitness assessment, actually cycling assessment, we do a test, FTP, a test, we analyze your performance, then we sit and do some consultation, okay, how much, for how long are you cycling now already, one year, only two months, or you have experience uh, a lot of years, okay, what is your goals, and all these things we put together, and then we design the proper workout, when we design this workout, you know, uh, this program should bring you to your goal. If you're skipping that some workouts, if you're not doing something right, you're not following, that's just putting you far away, far away from the, from reaching your goal. And, uh, you know, people need to understand, this is one thing that I realized, that they need to understand, you know, like I said, the workouts are attaching on each other. Let's say I'm trying to explain them simple like imagine each workout it's like number one two three four five and you skip to workout number five if that was the important session like in interval session then after that it's, it's not coming six anymore yeah. seven or eight you know we need to repeat that session tomorrow if you're able if you're okay because those interval sessions are most important long rides also and uh, that's the some issues and things that uh, i see with with some people, not all of them, like I said at the beginning, some of them are following 100%, giving feedbacks, giving follow-ups, 
they're really, really motivated, some of them. They're not that motivated, they skip some sessions, they skip some intervals, they, they send a message, uh, sorry coach, I skipped the session, sorry coach, I couldn't do this. People need to understand, uh, like, uh, it's not sorry for me, you know, you don't need to say sorry to me as a coach, I'm here to motivate you. I, first of all, I'm here to uh, give you the proper plan for your goals, what, what you want to achieve. I'm here then to uh, push you to do those workouts, to motivate you, to give you everything that I know, my knowledge, how to reach that goals. But then, it's all about the clients. You need to be motivated, you need to push yourself. Uh, you know, it's, if you skip the workouts, it's the workout. You know, I will not get anything as a coach. We will not get anything as a coaches, you know. But you will miss you know, you will miss your opportunity to reach your goals. That's why I'm advising everybody, like, push, you know, the endurance sports are really, really hard, you know. Uh, the coach will not be there when you go for your half Ironman, full Ironman, or some road race, you know. There is no, like, in the middle of the race, sorry, coach, I need to stop. You know, you need to find that motivation to finish that race, you know. It's, it's for you, you're doing for yourself at the beginning, you know. Uh, okay, maybe you're doing for your family or, or somebody, you know, to, to show them. But first of all, you're doing for yourself. You need to find how to enjoy that. It's hard, but you need to find how to enjoy it. And uh, you're doing for yourself and uh, you need to push yourself. And we are here to help you with the proper training, the best training for your goals, and to motivate you when motivation is low for you. But at the end, it's about you. Thank you very much, Boyan. This is uh, really uh, an eye-opening. So <laughs> I think we can conclude this episode, and then we're gonna make another one for sure. You know, going yeah. into this. Uh, Pull more information for yeah, the Yeah, it's a lot of information. But the the things that we got today, guys, we give you some news. Cycling is not that easy. Okay, <laughs> we need to learn step by step. It's uh, it's based on skills. It's based on technique. It's based on strength. Is based also on the plan that your coach is giving you and it's about uh, setting realistic goals and try to achieve them so pushing to to get to those goals I mean as coaches we can help you of course but this is this is something that you decide to do and uh, yeah you need to push you need to not, not skip your sessions uh, really great chat uh, boy thank you very much thank, thank you. you I enjoyed uh, I'm just uh, all the people for listening our podcast, uh, I hope uh, they will enjoy. I hope they will learn a lot of things from today's session. Not session, actually podcast. But okay, we can call it like a session. It's a session. It's a session. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and uh, just uh, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. Uh, uh, send us questions uh, if you have any question about training, and we can prepare next podcast with uh, some new answers for for your questions. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. You like this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was awesome. Uh, very good. Very good. Very that good. was awesome. Yeah. That was really good.